0: The NAPO 2020 Annual Conference is April 2nd through the 5th, 2020 in Orlando, Florida. Attendees can customize their conference experience by choosing from dozens of sessions while connecting with over 500 like-minded professionals from around the world. New this year, Live from NAPO, an opening program to remember, laser coaching sessions, and a special attendee-only conference achievement. Learn more and register today at napo2020.net. Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, welcome to Stand
1: Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. I will never forget. The first time, I surrounded myself around several productivity specialists and professional organizers. It was 2014, and I had already done a deep dive into several of their websites, I read every book I could get my hand on about organizing and productivity, and I even thought up a name for my soon-to-be amazing business. The next step for me was to join NAPO and join my local chapter. I lived in New York City, and I was beyond nervous to attend my first meeting, but I was also so excited. For the previous 12 years, I had been a professional actor in New York, but I found myself yearning for something else, something different. I was ready for a career change, and I quickly learned that I was not alone. At my first meeting, there were tons of NAPO members who had also switched careers. And listeners, you can do it too. Maybe you've already made the leap and you're here to learn ways to grow your business, and that is amazing. But maybe you're here because you want to make the switch, but you just don't know how. When do you know it's the right time? How do you take the leap? Well, today, we've got someone who not only took the leap, but believes that you can also take the leap well into your 50s and 60s. June Carter is an entrepreneur, founding Corporate Interior Solutions and GIST, Get your stuff together solutions. She has moved within the world of corporations and creativity. Her experience inside major corporations such as AIG, NBC, Steelcase, Knoll, and 3Form provide June with the right forums for problem solving, design, and business. After a successful career designing corporate offices, June Carter transitioned into home staging and professional organizing. Combining all of June's background and experience, Gist Solution creates beautiful spaces and she gets measurable results. With a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Interior Design, June's career as a certified professional organizer and an accredited staging professional master is the result of the combined ability to be creative, provide spatial solutions, increase productivity, apply professional organizing skills, and finesse sales and set priorities. June is a CPO, so a certified professional organizer, an accredited staging professional master, certified accredited staging professional instructor for the International Association of Home Staging Professionals, the home stager coach for the IAHSP coaching program, and a graduate of the Coach Approach for Organizers Foundation coach training program. The Carters live in beautiful Fernandia Beach, Florida with their happy rescue dog and are proud parents of their daughter, a Coast Guard member. June, I am so excited to welcome you to today's show.
2: Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I love NAPO, and I'm particularly happy to give back, and I do listen to all your podcasts. I'm a fan.
1: Thanks for being a listener, and I feel like today's episode is going to be one of those that listeners, after they're listening to it, are going to turn it off and feel like they can conquer the world because we can. We can do whatever we put our minds to, and and you're proof of that. Let's dive deeper into that time that you decided to transition from corporate interiors to professional organizing and staging and starting your own business. Can you just dive a little bit deeper into why you decided to make that decision and then maybe how you started it? Because I'm sure when you started it, it then morphed into what it is today. But take us back to that moment in time when you were transitioning.
2: There's a deep dive story, which I'm not going to dive that deeply But a lot of the decisions were made for me in 2008, 9, and 10 when the economy crashed. I, too, was a New Yorker. Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, they were all clients of mine over the years. And clients evaporated. So the office furniture, interior design business, as we knew it, ceased to exist. Soon after, we are like cartoon caricature New Yorkers the dog passes, the kid moves out, and we're tired of shoveling snow, and we move to Florida. And in the process of relocating, I was literally walking through a house with a realtor in Fernandina Beach. And he's asking, you know, what do you do? What do you do? And I didn't give him the whole office design. So I'm an interior designer. He said, Oh, can you stage houses for me? And I said, Yes. Yeah. And that night, I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> what he was talking about <laughs> and i signed up for my first certification class as a home stager but what was really fun for me was as i did research and started to find what home stages were and were about i found this huge crossover with home staging and napo members and professional organizing and preparing for this conversation today i'm remembering that over the years i had met several napo members and each time i'd be like Oh, I wish I was doing that. I would file it in the back of nowhere in my brain and keep doing what I was doing. So, when I found NAPO, which is in 2013, I joined immediately and fell in love with everything about professional organizing. And I feel home staging is a subset of professional organizing. And there's huge crossover, but that's how I got to this. And I'm, so, I'm moving to this little rural, area in the northeast corner of Florida. It's an island with two bridges. And I'm like, so what am I going to do with my skill set here? And that's where professional organizing and home staging and eventually coaching all came into play because there wasn't going to be that much office design here. That being said, I've had plenty of office design work But there was nobody else in this area doing what I do. I had no competition. I still actually really have no competition. And it just all kind of came together that way.
1: Prior to moving to Florida, you worked in the corporate space, correct? So you didn't necessarily work for yourself. You worked in a corporate setting. How did you know? No, I owned for many years an office furniture dealership where we designed
2: commercial office spaces and furnished commercial office spaces.
1: You kind of knew what it would take to start up your own business, even though you were transitioning into a new career. Yes. What would you say to those listeners who are saying, right, June, but I have no idea what it would take to start up a new business. I work in a corporate setting. I don't own anything other than my life and the decisions I make on a day-to-day basis. But So not only are they transitioning from, let's say, the health industry, to working in homes or for business owners in a productivity organizing, home staging setting, what are some pieces of advice you would give to those listeners on the first things they should do once they kind of get it in their brain that they want to transition careers?
2: Go to the small business development corporation in your area. They are free. It's your tax dollars at work. And they're usually housed on a college campus. They're everywhere. And start there. Start talking to them about, I would like to be an entrepreneur and start my own business. Don't hire an accountant. Don't hire a lawyer. Don't spend any money. Start there. They have the formats. You need a business plan. You need to incorporate. Find out what the rules in your community are. Are you in a city where you need a license of some sort? Are there rules about having a home-based business? But through all of this, use the Small Business Development Corporation as your guide. Eventually, they also become an amazing lead source. I can tell you that from personal experience. But if you think you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's the place to start. Simultaneously, start getting all the training and education that you can. So what I did for that last two years when I was in New York before I moved here, I took every NAPO course that I possibly could. The NAPO education is some of the best in the world and I've been through a lot of education and I just kept taking courses. And I went to the conference while I was still working for another company, which I was embarrassed to tell people, but I found out later a lot of people do that. So I started to know people. I started to hear what they did. I started to relate to my peers. So get the education, go to conference and get your local free help.
1: I suppose there's two pathways here, right? There's the pathway that you kind of had to go on where it was 2008 and business declined, or it was like you said, almost non-existent. So you were kind of forced into figuring out what that next step is for you. But at the same time, you kind of had this idea about what you wanted it to become. And there's also the other pathway of sitting in your office, doing what they've been trained to do, and dreaming about another life in the organizing and productivity industry and just not knowing what those steps to take. But it sounds like those two paths can kind of meet in the middle, like you said, and just start getting training and start talking to other people who are already in the industry. Yes, and get the help that's available out there
2: for starting any business through the SBDC. Now, there's a little piece of that puzzle. After I had to close my business, I got recruited to another end of the same office design industry. Lovely people where I was way underemployed for a number of years until we moved to Florida. And having the economy crash like that, for me, was a little bit of a crash and burn. Or let's just say a lot of a crash and burn. And what I have found is people who are transitioning had some kind of an awakening, a change, you know, a crash and burn. Something happened where they went, I want to do something different, some pivot. And mine, of course, was the economy. So here I am working for this very nice company, keeping all of my old 100 hour a week habits and just doing what I've always done. I'll work harder, sleep less, work more, push harder, what I'd always done when I owned my own business. And this time it wasn't working. And the results weren't happening. And I was like, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore like that. And as a commissioned salesperson, that could be the kiss of death. But it wasn't. And what happened was the year that I kind of let go of that behavior was the year that I hit all of the sales contests. And I won these big contests. And I booked the biggest orders of my career. And it was something very woo-woo out there about the letting go of I'm not going to do what I've always done and having everything come into play. Now, what was also interesting was my management was watching this and they're like, She's not, over, she's not crazy. She's not stressed. She's working well and her numbers are going through the roof. And they asked me to do a presentation at the National Sales Meeting on time management. Now, I knew something small about time management from going to our conference and taking our classes, but I had to do a deep dive into what time management really was to do that presentation. Now, the kicker was they ran out of time at the conference, the National Sales Conference, to do that presentation. That was a big turning point for me. And that somebody recognized it.
1: You did the whole work less, make more theory. And I think that's a really important point to bring up is that listeners, if you're thinking about transitioning, and let's say you're not planning on working for another organizer productivity specialist, but maybe starting your own business, that it can feel like you have to work those 100 hour work weeks and you have to just push, push, push and sacrifice. So June, I know we're all organizers and productivity enthusiasts and professionals here, but what was that small thing you knew that helped you transition and use your time better? Were you just prioritizing what was the most important thing to get done and doing that first?
2: The most important thing was balance. And when I moved to Florida, I made a commitment that I was not going to go to night events. I don't do networking at night. I don't go to events at night. I don't meet clients at night. And I don't do anything on weekends. That was part of my personal commitment was balance. I'm a Libra. The sign is the balance scales, And this is the first time in my life that I have balance. And I still
1: work hard. But pretty much at 5 o'clock, maybe 5.30, I stop. I feel like that forces you to make better decisions between the hours of nine to five. You don't even consider five to midnight to even be that time where you can get caught up and dilly-dally, like you're very focused on what you need to get done during those eight hours. And
2: it's paying off and just feeling better and happier. I've had a few days that were like over the top busy and I was like, this feels like old stuff and I don't want to do this anymore. And then I shift, I'm not that person anymore.
1: Okay, we're going to take a very quick break, but when we come back, I have a very fun question for June that I think a lot of you listeners are going to appreciate me asking her. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: The Barry Isaac Gloria Shklair Conference Scholarship Fund was established in 2012 to provide financial assistance to qualified NAPO members to attend NAPO's annual conference. The scholarship provides the recipient with a complimentary full conference registration plus basic hotel accommodation for two nights. Make a difference by donating to the Scholarship Fund today at napo.net slash scholarship.
1: Okay, we are back and I've got June Carter here who believes that you can transition into the career of your dreams in organizing and productivity, even staging or other subsets of organizing. Okay, June, but what if our listeners are well into their 50s? They're in their 60s. They're not done working, but they just feel like it's too late. What do you say to those listeners?
2: Oh, I will be perfectly honest. I turned 64 last month. I joined NAPO in 2013, so that's you can do the math. I was in my late 50s. There is no reason. We're still going to be here tomorrow, no matter what we're doing today. I will give you another example. My mom, who's still going strong at 86, has a bachelor's degree in fine arts and painting from the mid-50s. In her 40s, she got a master's degree in psychology. And in her 60s, she got a PhD as a psychologist in multi-personality disorders. And she's still a practicing therapist. And she taught at a college level and a graduate school level until about three years ago. So maybe I have good role models, but I would like you to borrow those role models too if they work for you.
1: There really is no time frame on our happiness. So if transitioning careers is something you want to do and you're 65, I think the theme here is go do it figure out how to do it. And like you said, make the plan and then work the plan. It's just like it was in our 20s and 30s and 40s. But now I feel like you have crazy life experience to make that transition even easier than if you're in your 30s, right? Like, I just feel like you can use all of that career capital and cash it in to create the career of your dreams.
2: Especially as a professional organizer, every second of living and breathing is a benefit to being a professional organizer.
1: Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but people talk about when they meet someone and they look too young, maybe they don't trust them to have the knowledge that they need to get the job done. And then people also fear that, well, if I look too old, I feel like they're not going to think I'm up to date with what's going on now. And I have the latest trends. I know how to use all of the technology. What do you say to those naysayers? Well, we all want to look good. And when I go to a NAPO conference, I say this every
2: year, Wow, we're a good looking bunch. We present very, very well, but there is some benefit to being an elder statesman out there on the world as a professional organizer and a home stager. And as I'm going through the coach approach, heading towards my certification with Denzel's courses, there is some benefit to being a seasoned veteran of life. On the other hand, I've said this mostly in coaching. I coach a lot of home stagers and entrepreneurs that maybe I don't say this to them, I'll, I'll short circuit it, they, but maybe it's time for us to find out about that technology. Maybe it's time for us to speak the language of the younger generation. So I'm very, very active in social media. In fact, my small business development. Corporation Locally recommended me to the local MBA program at University of North Florida as a case study for social media. And they're giving me a presentation of how I can improve my Instagram, get into it and know it and be able to have that conversation.
1: It's not hard. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Because you do have an extensive career and you've been successful and you continue to be successful even after you transitioned, you're still like, hey, I've always got something to learn. There's always something that I can improve to make me a better business professional. And I think that's important, listeners, that you have that same open mind even if you've Been a crazy high executive at the corporate level, and now you're transitioning. Like, there's always something to take from someone else, either older or younger, more experienced, what have you, a different country, a different way of doing things that can help you remain creative and think outside the box when it comes to starting your own career.
2: And I just want to mention the education available through Naples, I've already said this, but it's ongoing. And the chapters education. And so we have NAPO corporate with all the on-demand classes, but getting into a chapter and going to the chapter, or in my case, I'm president of the virtual chapter. And every month there's something that is an amazing presentation. And I come away with more good information for my business. So at 64, every month, I know I have a deep dive into new education with my chapter.
1: I love it. It's that commitment to continue to educate yourself and just stay on top of what's going on in your industry. And you can do that before you make that leap into it. Let's say someone's sitting behind their desk or they're either in the, a healthcare career, they can still attend a NAPO meeting in the, in the evening or whenever your NAPO meetings happen and start gaining that education now so that when you do transition, you feel like you've kind of already got two steps in that door. What is the biggest misconception do you think people have about transitioning careers? Like, what do you think people always have in the back of their mind that stop them from making that leap? But you learned when you were faking it till you make it, when you were discovering what it was to be a home stager and answering that real estate agent's question with a yes, what do you think the biggest misconception is for people who want to transition into a new career?
2: Fear. False evidence appears real. The fear of, I'm not going to make it and when you are fearful, it shows. So if you go into your chamber of commerce or you go into your networking opportunity, I belong to a weekly networking group. If you walk in fearful, everybody else will know it and they won't engage your services, but you put it out there and it shows kind of in your energy. So fear is the thing that's going to hold us back most from moving forward and achieving success.
1: Besides educating ourselves, is there anything else someone can do to mitigate that fear or at least hide it better? Because I think we all have a little level of being nervous, but using Mm -hmm. that as an energy to propel us forward and to appear confident, I think is the key. So besides education, is there anything else that you would recommend someone do to feel more confident in their transition? First of all, nervous is good. Nervous means that we're still alive
2: and breathing. I just had to speak in front of my networking group, and I will say every time I get a little flutter before, and part of the reason the education is so important is if you are armed with the knowledge of all the kinds of courses that we provide, you have the information. So rather than say, I don't have it to draw from to give you Mr. Potential Client, you're like, I may be new at this, but I've got the information in my brain somewhere that I can draw out as I need it. So fill your buckets with education and information and peer. And I just had a big thing a few months ago, and I called four different organizers that I'm friends with all over the country and got input. You know, so have your network of others of us and be armed and ready. Practice your elevator speech in front of the mirror or in front of your biggest critic, like your kid or your spouse or your sibling. And be ready to present yourself to the world confidently.
1: I love that you said to tap into your peers because I think that's what helped me too. And I got a question about invoicing or I got this client who was just giving me all this pushback. And then I could just go on to, for me, it's my Facebook groups, you know, mm. go onto my Facebook group, mm. post the question. And then all of these amazing professionals who are way ahead of the game more than I am are giving me essentially free advice to solve that problem. And I feel armed and ready. So creating that safe circle of professionals around you is also, for me, it was key. continues to be key. And now I've been in business for years as well. So thank you for bringing that up. And I think joining associations is a great way to meet those like-minded people that you want to surround yourself with. And it's fun. It is fun. It's fun to kind of be around your people, right? Like you get to nerd out about all the things that just make you excited and giddy to chat about. So it's a lot of fun. Okay, June, if you could leave our listeners with two sticky notes. So they're going to write these down on their sticky notes. They're going to put them on their bathroom mirror and then make a change this week or transition or pivot. What would you leave our listeners with? The
2: first is to trust the process. And that also translates into make your plan, plan your work. So maybe today you're looking at three years down the line and you're scared of where it's going to go. Stay where your feet are. Trust the process. Take it one day at a time. so trust the process. And then how do you manage that process is the second sticky note. And it's NAPO. Use it. Use your chapter. Use your peers. Use the local and national conference. But use NAPO. There's a course to cover almost every topic. And arms with that, you can go back into your process and you know you're ready and prepared.
1: I love that. I think that is solid advice. Where can our listeners reach out to you to find out more about you and your journey,
2: June? solutions, And I'll give you my email. g-y-s-t dot h s m c cat at gmail.com. And of course, You can find me through the NAPO website.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think the overarching theme here really is to find your association. NAPO is out there for all of us to use as a tool. And I know this is the NAPO podcast, but it really is true. I mean, you found the courage through NAPO. I found the courage through NAPO. And if you're here listening to all of this content, you're into organizing, you're into productivity and all of its subsets. So really NAPO is the king Of where we all kind of come together. So there are people what you can find in your communities that maybe don't know about NAPO yet. And that's great, but just know that NAPO is here for you and it's a tool and it's ready. And there are so many things that you can do to arm yourself with that knowledge so that you can continue to trust the process. So June, thank you so much for all of your, for your knowledge and sharing your story with us listeners, I'm going to ask you, how are you going to own this? Let us know. We want to celebrate with you. I'm Sarah and That wraps up this episode of Standout. Thanks again for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with inspiration or something valuable, would you leave us a review and let us know what that was? We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So if you listen to this episode and maybe you're in your career and you're rocking it out, but you're like, but you know what? My buddy, Susie, she needs to hear this episode. Share this episode with her, with your team, your colleagues, whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then.
0: That's all for today's episode of Standout, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit NAPO.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.